Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for february 17th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you may be man what a reaction what a reaction for Sami Zayn tonight we knew It was going to be a great reaction. We knew it was going to kick off what is going to be an absolutely epic and memorable weekend for WWE with the Elimination Chamber. I am looking forward to this Elimination Chamber more so than any other Elimination Chamber in company history tomorrow night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. SmackDown tonight was very good, man. I don't really have much to report as far as, you know... 
the actual show tonight. It was more of a setup for Elimination Chamber. If I could describe SmackDown to you guys tonight in very little words, it was it was basically a pre-show to the Elimination Chamber. That's all it was. No fluff. Matches were on TV tonight. Triple H put some damn good matches on tonight. It was an entertaining show. It was a fucking incredible crowd. And it was basically SmackDown serving as the appetizer for the Elimination Chamber on Saturday night. It's the best way for me to describe it. Now, as far as what happened on the show, there were a couple of things that happened on the show that I'm going to get into right now. Number one, Sami Zayn. You know, I, I want to. I just want to speak briefly on this. There really wasn't much as way of information or news coming out of SmackDown in regards to Sami Zayn. I, I think we all know where this is going. I think we all know where this is going tomorrow night. Um, my opinion is still firm, and my opinion is still the same that I've had for weeks. Sami Zayn and Montreal will be left heartbroken by Jay Uso, who did not appear on the show tonight. Neither did Jimmy. Neither did Paul Heyman. No bloodline at all. No bloodline at all on SmackDown. Montreal will be left heartbroken tomorrow night. And I feel like we're going to get a 1997 Bret Hart beating The Undertaker because Shawn Michaels wanted to interject a special guest referee in New Jersey. feel like we're going to get trash thrown in the ring. I feel like, I feel like we're going to be looking at a hostile crowd tomorrow night. But as far as Sammy, the only thing for me to report on Sammy Zayn tonight, he got his NXT theme music back. I don't know if this is a permanent thing. I don't know if this is just for effect tomorrow in Montreal. It certainly gave me fucking goosebumps, I'll tell you that, man. And, and, and you guys know, if you've been OGs of the channel, uh, you know me and my absolute fucking love for everything black and gold, NXT. I mean, when, when Sami Zayn was the face of NXT down there, man, he was the second coming of Daniel Bryan in WWE, and they didn't really follow up on that when he got to the main roster. He was incredible in NXT, and to hear that theme music back tonight, it was amazing. It gave me chills. It gave me goosebumps. And it's going to be even more so tomorrow night when he comes out and Roman Reigns makes his entrance after we hear that incredible theme. Worlds Apart is the name of the theme. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. He did get his theme back. I don't know if it's just for this weekend or if it's a permanent thing. Uh, I guess we'll find out as we go into WrestleMania. I, I don't know why he ever had that theme music changed. Uh, it is so much better than the generic theme that they gave him while he was operating uh, under a heel persona and in the bloodline. So uh, hopefully it stays. It would uh, create... An incredible effect at WrestleMania as well when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win the tag team championships from the Uso. So hopefully that's the case. Again, nothing more to report on Sami Zayn. Uh, he promised that Roman Reigns is going to go down and he promises to win the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It is Roman Reigns versus Montreal. It's just not, you know, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. It is Roman versus Montreal, the entire city of Montreal and Sami Zayn. So... They're, they're really setting it up for uh, another tearjerker tomorrow night, man. A lot of people are, are going to be heartbroken tomorrow when Roman Reigns 
inevitably retains the championship because I, I don't see WWE changing course with this. Now, I, I did tweet on Twitter uh, this evening during that Sami Zayn segment, and, and I know a lot of you guys were feeling the same way I was watching that, and I know it, it's just an in-the-moment feeling. I'm not having my opinion changed or anything based on a hometown reaction in Montreal. Uh, I don't want this to be another Kofi Kingston situation where they give the title to the hometown guy, the hot guy, and then they don't know what to fucking do with them after the fact. I, I don't change plans here. I stick to my plans. I mean, I don't know what the original plans were. I think the, these plans were the original plans going into WrestleMania for months and months and months. Sammy and KO versus the Usos is the original plan. Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Don't know if that was the original plans. I was thinking WWE was hoping for The Rock, and then Plan B came around, and, and they had to give us Cody. But these are the top two matches at WrestleMania this year. Do not change course at all on those matches. But it is very difficult to listen to that reaction tonight. Very, very difficult to listen to that reaction tonight and see Sami Zayn legitimately cry and then not want him to win the world championship tomorrow night. It is unbelievable the amount of feeling that that crowd poured into Sami Zayn tonight. I, I even said it on Twitter, give him the fucking championship. And it's making me want to see him win the fucking titles. Honestly, just listening to that reaction. But I know, I know it's a weakness. I know it's a weak moment. I know it's, you know, in the moment. I don't want to live for the moment. We got to think about the future. We got to flesh things out and stick to the plan. We can't fucking be gung-ho and, you know, go in there and, and change shit on the fly. Can't do that. Can't do that. That would be a huge mistake. Sammy is going to be fine. Believe me, Sammy Zayn is going to be fine. At WrestleMania. We, we don't need Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania, but Jesus fucking Christ, man, that crowd, it made you want to see him. It's making you want to see him win the fucking championships tomorrow night. But what what would that serve? What what, what good would that do? Then then you leave. I mean, he's going to beat Roman Reigns, and then <laughs> what is Roman Reigns going to do for his WrestleMania match? Are we going to get that triple threat match that everybody seemingly wants? I, I mean, I, I don't think that's the right move. And it all goes back, it all cycles back to, all right, if you make a triple threat match, what do you do with Kevin Owens? What do you do with Jay Uso? What do you do with Jimmy Uso? What do you do with the tag team titles? It's like, you can't change course now. This is Sammy's story going into the chamber. This is not Sammy's story going into WrestleMania. And if they change it, they're going to fuck the dynamic up and they're going to fuck things up. And you don't want to do that. But that crowd reaction tonight was one of the best TV, SmackDown, or Raw reactions from a crowd that I've ever heard, and that crowd, that energy that they poured in towards Sami Zayn made me legitimately want to see him win the championships tomorrow night. That's how great that crowd was. And he got his old theme music back. I mean, they are setting the entire environment up for one major heartbreak, and it's going to be fucking great, man. It's going to be great. I can't wait to see it. I'm, I am so excited about tomorrow's match. I don't even give a shit about anything else on the show, to be quite honest with you. I'm just there for that match. Just give me that match and fucking inject that shit into my blood, please. That match is going to be fucking great. Can't wait to see the storyline play out at the end of Elimination Chamber. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt has seemingly, interest-wise, fallen off a cliff in WWE after his... Absolutely disgusting and awful match at the Royal Rumble, the pitch black match 
at the Royal Rumble with L.A. Knight made me want to see L.A. Knight more than fucking Bray Wyatt and whoever Uncle Howdy is. Bray Wyatt comes out and seemingly challenges Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley after their match at the Elimination Chamber, presumably at WrestleMania in Los Angeles. Now, the last report that we got on Bray Wyatt is basically nothing. I thought we were going to get an Uncle Howdy reveal of sorts. We didn't really get anything. We kind of made guesses on Bray Wyatt's match at WrestleMania. People were saying, oh, yeah, he's going to go one-on-one with Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania. I wouldn't have been shocked by that at all if that actually was the plan. But on the other hand, we also heard amongst the rumors of Stone Cold Steve Austin and him possibly returning at WWE's biggest show of the year at WrestleMania, that WWE had offered not only Stone Cold Roman Reigns, I don't think that would have worked at all. I think that would have been terrible. They also offered Stone Cold Steve Austin Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and he turned it down. Then we hear the report that WWE has a match for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and it's being heavily, heavily guarded. It is top secret information. They don't want anybody to know who it is. Lo and behold, we get Bray Wyatt out here tonight claiming that he wants either Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, I think, at WrestleMania. What else? Where else would it be? At WrestleMania. Now, this got people excited. This got people's brains running 1,000 miles an hour here. Uh, thinking about what a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar match would be. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really all that intrigued, to be quite honest with you, with a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar match. Maybe Maybe I could be, because, you know, Brock Lesnar doesn't really take bullshit from anybody. We may get less of the hokey stuff. We may get less of the fucking magic and the theatrics that comes along with Bray Wyatt if Brock Lesnar's involved. We may actually get a match out of Bray Wyatt if Brock Lesnar's involved because I don't know what the fuck they got him doing right now. I don't know what the fuck that was at Royal Rumble, but it could be interesting. Now, the thing is, I honestly think WWE kind of gave away the outcome of the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match to the Elimination Chamber because a Brock Lesnar match with Bray Wyatt certainly makes more sense than a Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt match at WrestleMania. Now, some people I saw on Twitter, they were going on and on and on about, oh, oh, it makes more sense for Bobby Lashley to go against Bray Wyatt. Maybe we could do a Hurt Business versus a Wyatt Six at WrestleMania. I don't know how that came about. I mean, there's no, there's no fucking story. Like, there's no story even with Bray and Brock. There's nothing. I mean, you got if you want to throw something out there like that, you got to give me, you got to give me something. Give me a fucking crumb, a morsel of something as to why you're targeting those two men specifically. And Bray Wyatt has no history with Bobby Lashley. Zero, none, zilch. Even less if you want to include the Hurt Business, which, by the way, is not really a faction on WWE TV at this moment in time. So you are merely fantasy booking at that point. And then the Wyatt Six. Who the fuck is the Wyatt Six? Who is in Bray Wyatt's imaginary stable? There is no stable. Is there going to be a stable by the time we get to WrestleMania? Maybe. I don't know. 
Are we going to get Uncle Howdy? Are we going to get Uncle Harper? Are we going to get the Righteous? Are we going to get Eric Redbeard? Uh, who, who are we getting? Who are we getting to go, to go against the Hurt Business? That makes even less sense than a match with Brock Lesnar. You got to give me something. There's zero story there with either one of these guys. Zero. Now, they announced a Firefly Funhouse segment, which I hope was the last time we saw it, the last time we seen it. I don't know why we're getting a fucking Firefly Funhouse segment. Shit. Can't stand it anymore. It just brings back horrible memories of the dead fiend, which is still buried somewhere in Saudi Arabia by Bill Goldberg. I think we may get something next week as far as why he's targeting one or the other. But I mean, holy shit, man. Has Bray Wyatt fallen off of a cliff? No history with Bobby Lashley, and there's no history with Brock Lesnar. Zero. Not enough for me to fucking care. There's zero history there, as far as I'm concerned. You got to go back and retell that. Hopefully they do. Now, we're worried about Bray Wyatt, Brock Lesnar, Bray Wyatt, Bobby Lashley. My question is, where the fuck is L.A. Knight? Is L.A. Knight getting a match at WrestleMania? That's what I want to know. I think L.A. Knight deserves to be on WrestleMania. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But outside that, those are the two biggest stories coming out of SmackDown tonight. Now, there was a great tag team match with the Viking Raiders, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. There was a ladies match with Asuka and Liv Morgan that wasn't bad. We had an appearance by Ronda, the sleepy one. Ronda Rousey, she teamed with Shayna Baszler against Natalia. I feel like I could fall asleep just mentioning her name, too. And Shotzi Blackheart. But outside that, really no other news coming out of SmackDown. Uh, and being that Rampage, AEW Rampage, was on at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. I may talk a little bit about that because I, I actually watched the show. How much of it did I pay attention to? I mean, I mean that's up for discussion. That's up for debate. But uh, uh, we will talk about uh, some of the things that happened on Rampage. Uh, one in particular about the House of Black and the Elites. So we'll talk about that as well as uh, Tony Khan is gearing up for that to be the trios match at Revolution, which I do think is a colossal mistake. I will say that right now. But we will get into all that tonight, guys. I appreciate you joining me right here on the podcast. We're going to have a busy weekend, bro. It's going to be a very busy, busy weekend. Not only are we going to get through tonight, we're going to get through tomorrow. We're going to get through the chamber. We're going to be live tomorrow night. We're going to be live on Sunday night with off the scripts. Big time off the scripts. Oh, man, we got some news on Sunday. Fightful reported today that Kenny Omega is being courted by Triple H and WWE that Triple H wants Kenny Omega when his contract is up this year. The thing is, 
Did Tony Khan or will Tony Khan add more time onto Kenny Omega's contract for being out with his multiple injuries? I don't know. I don't know. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about fallout from the chamber. We're going to talk about Vince McMahon wanting a cool $9 billion for the WWE. There are offers from potential buyers. He wants $9 billion. The WWE's market cap right now is $6.5 billion. But he wants $9 billion. We'll talk about it on Sunday, man. We got a loaded show coming to you Sunday night. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for notifications. You're going to want to be a part of the podcast. You're going to want to be a part of the channel tomorrow night, man. We are going to be live right here from the OTS venue for the Illumination Chamber post show. As soon as the show goes off the air, we'll be right here on YouTube. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and turn on that bell so you are notified. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys go and hit that thumbs up for me. We got over 2,100 people in the OTS venue right now live. And I see less than 500 likes. We should be at 1,000 likes minimum. No questions asked. So if you guys are in the venue and you're here in the live stream, make sure you hit that thumbs up for me. It helps me out tremendously. Tremendously. Go check out all the other videos you might have missed on the channel. Tons of YouTube shorts. We were live on Thursday talking about Roman Reigns and his 900 days. Is Roman Reigns the greatest final boss in WWE history? Certainly shaping up to be that way. So go check out that live stream on Thursday. YouTube shorts are helping the channel out tremendously. We are already well on our way to 142,000 subscribers. We just hit 141 this week. Awesome. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. Hit that join button as well for channel memberships. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. My mother's basement is coming soon. You're going to want to be a VIP because opening night's going to be VIP only. And tonight's show is sponsored by The Ridge. Ridge.com slash scripts. Or you guys can use that code script at checkout to save 10% off. That is Ridge.com slash script. I even pinned it at the top in the live stream chat. Go get yourself a beautiful Ridge wallet. I own four of them. So why not? I'm carrying it around. Why the fuck aren't you? Ridge.com slash scripts. Want to thank them for being a great friend and a sponsor this month and next month. Right here on Off the Script. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Let's get into SmackDown, man. We're going to start off with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Drowsy against Natalia and Shotzi Blackheart. I mean, the plan for Shayna and Ronda at WrestleMania calls for them to be challenging damage control for the tag team championships. That's the last rumor that I read in regards to their appearance at WrestleMania. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But right now, the way things are going is Becky Lynch, she was helped by Lita two weeks ago. And there are rumors going around that Lita is going to be teaming with Becky and a returning Trish Stratus, potentially at WrestleMania, to go against Damage Control. That's Bailey, Io, and Dakota. Where does that leave Ronda and Shayna Baszler? I have no idea. I don't really give a shit. If they're off the WrestleMania card, I mean, who the fuck needs Ronda Rousey? Why does WrestleMania need Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey is such a non-factor. I guarantee you, if Ronda was not on the WrestleMania card, you wouldn't even fucking notice. Guaranteed. So why even bother? I'd much rather see Becky team with Lita and Trish Stratus to go against Damage Control than Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler against Damage Control. There's no heat there. At least we have something building with those other six women. Natalia. I'd rather watch fucking paint dry than watch Natalia. Great wrestler. Boring as shit. Shotzi. Her main roster run was ruined when Vince was there. She never recovered. Shotzi and Ronda, they wrestled at Extreme Rules. And it was awful. But they kind of made up for it tonight a little bit. We'll get into that in a second. So they showed a video package highlighting all the injuries of Rousey and Baszler, all the injuries that they have inflicted upon others in the women's division. They inflict sleepiness and injuries on me when I watch them. Not Shayna. I love Shayna. But Ronda, she does more than just inflict, even to the home viewer. Natalia got a decent reaction coming out, being that she is Canadian Natalia grabbed a headlock on Baszler. And the fans in Montreal, man, I love the fans in Montreal. They started chanting, you can't wrestle to Ronda Rousey. It's always a great thing, man. It's always, it's always a great thing. Can we get a round of applause for the people in? Unbelievable, man. The, the people in Montreal, man, I love... My fellow Canadians, man. I've never been to Canada before, but I'm telling you, man, when we get up there, we're going to share many a cold beverage. Let me tell you, I love my Canadian fans, bro. They are awesome. We got a Ronda can't wrestle chain. You can't wrestle. That is a thing of beauty, man. That put a huge smile. That, that may have been the best part of SmackDown. Best part of SmackDown. So, Ronda and Shayna took over. Natalia tagged out to Shotzi. They were uh, isolating Shotzi on their side of the ring. Shotzi hit some uh, nice-looking suplexes 
into a cattle mutilation. And Rousey broke free. Shotzi recovered, hitting a suicide dive. Natalia took it to Baszler with a clothesline at ringside. This allowed Shotzi to the flying crossbody onto Bolt Ronda and Shayna. The heels were still in control. Baszler slowed the pace down, working over Shotzi's arm. And she sent Baszler to ringside, but Rousey got in the way. Shotzi is on the apron with Ronda Rousey. Now, the last time they were on the apron together, Ronda Rousey completely fucking botched a attempted DDT at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. This was when Ronda was still the champion, and they did the same exact spot here on SmackDown. And luckily, and I got to give credit where credit is due, Ronda actually took a decent-looking bump. She made it look a million times better than it was at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, so they kind of made up for that botch at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Landed right on top of her head, right on the ring apron, took a nasty bump to the outside. She sold the shit out of it, so good on her. See, I don't hate Ronda all the time. Only 99.9999999999999% of the time. She got one positive comment here. Wow. This is a monumental stream in itself, just because of that. Natalia got the hot tag. She caught Baszler with a running sit-out powerbomb that looked great for a two-count. Rousey made a blind tag, but missed a flying cross body. Natalia got the sharpshooter on Ronda. Big reaction, as it should. Fans wanted to see Rousey tap to the sharpshooter, but she did not. Baszler broke it up. And Natalia, Shotzi, they were trying to regain control here and set up for the victory. Set up for the heart attack. The old finishing move of Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Bret Hart, the Hart Foundation. Instead, Baszler pulled Natalia out of the ring when she ran the ropes. Rousey caught Shotzi in an arm bar, and that was enough for the tap-out win for Ronda and Shayna. Again, I don't know what we do with these two ladies going into WrestleMania, but like I said, uh, Shayna's going to be dragged down by Ronda, and if Ronda doesn't make WrestleMania, you would not hear a fucking peep out of me and millions of others. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Maybe we can discuss Ronda and Shayna getting drafted over to Monday Night Raw when the draft hopefully happens after WrestleMania. And maybe we get, or maybe we get damage control moving over to SmackDown because there's really nothing for them to do on Monday Night Raw. I don't even know if they're going to be a group after WrestleMania. Well, the failure in itself is damage control. So we'll see what happens. But again, we don't know what's going on with uh, Ronda and Shayna going into WrestleMania. I guess... We'll find out after the chamber if Triple H has any plans for both of these ladies. So, we go on to the next segment. And WWE is trying to tell the story of Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn's, you know, membership in the bloodline. Cole said that Zayn will attempt to take the title from Roman Reigns tomorrow at the Elimination Chamber. We... Get a video package on Sami Zayn's initial involvement in the bloodline after WrestleMania last year. This video showed Sami Zayn helping the bloodline in numerous ways over the months. The video then showed Kevin Owens warning Sami Zayn about the bloodline. Then they showed some of Sami Zayn's tough times in the bloodline, culminating in the trial of Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw. After the video, Cole asked where it all went wrong, and he says they would show us later tonight in a part two to this Sammy Roman documentary. I love that they're giving you a, a, a history 
on everything that's going on uh, with Sammy and the bloodline, Sammy with Jay, Sammy with Roman, heading into their match. I, I love it. They are, they are meticulously and carefully taking all of that that we saw and, and just applying it to tomorrow night. It's going to be fantastic. Going to be fantastic. Moving on. We got, unfortunately, a rap by Bottom Dollar, Flop Dollar, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Top Dollar, and Ashante the Adonis with BFAB. You guys know them as Shiro. Try it now, you say. Oh, okay. Uh, Fine. Let let me try it now. (coughs) Shiro! Man, I don't know what's going on down there, bro. I don't know what's going on, man. Listen, this mother's basement thing, man, I'm telling you, man, the construction in the venue, man, is giving it a weird echo. could they get worse how could how could hit row get worse i don't get it believe it or not believe it or not i i was pretty pumped that they got hired back to the company pretty fucking excited that they got hired back look at that man vince fired him triple h brought him back yeah we're gonna make vince look like a fucking idiot Hit Row is making Vince McMahon look like a fucking genius at this point. I don't believe it. Top Dollar is making Vince McMahon look like a fucking genius. Holy shit. And Vince McMahon is nowhere near a fucking genius. We all know that. Ridiculous, man. Hit Row hits the ring. They did a rap. Top Dollar said that Brett screwed Brett and they can't wait to leave Canada tomorrow. BFAB said they can't wait to maple leave. What, is she a fucking comedian now? she a comedian? kidding me with that lame joke we can't wait till maple leave i don't know i listen man i don't i don't know what to tell you i i i don't know i don't know with i, I don't know i don't know what to tell you who the fuck wrote that? Bruce! Let me find out that was you, bro. Maple leave. Suddenly the lights went out and Bray Wyatt's music played. Wyatt, in a mask, and Uncle Howdy appeared on the opposite ring aprons. Wyatt removed his mask and they attacked. Wyatt put the mandible claw on bottom dollar. 
flop dollar and tossed him over the top rope. Wyatt then put the mandible claw on Ashante and tossed him to Uncle Howdy, who then delivered Sister Abigail. Wyatt took a microphone, told the crowd that they're welcome. The crowd chanted, thank you, Bray. Thank you, Bray. Wyatt then said that tomorrow, whoever wins the match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar should run. And the camera cut away like it used to do with the old Wyatt family vignettes when he used to say, run. And then, fade to black. Um, listen, man, if, if Hit Row is going to be rapping on SmackDown, I don't mind if Uncle Howdy wants to show face and interrupt them and Sister Abigail them every single time they're out there. I, I don't mind it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Um, like I said, this is a very confusing. This is a very confusing situation because, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit in the open before I actually got into the into the review of SmackDown. Bray versus Brock makes a lot more sense than Bray versus Bobby Lashley. They got no history. Bray and Brock may have like a little smidgen of history, I guess. There was like a stare down of some sorts way back when, when he was in the Wyatt family. I mean, nobody gives a fuck about that. A, nobody's going to give a fuck. B, nobody's going to remember. Uh, the only one that's going to remember is some fucking version geek online that lives and breathes Bray Wyatt. It's got Bray Wyatt posters hanging all over his fucking room. It's got all Bray Wyatt merchandise. Nobody's going to remember that. There's no history between Bray and Brock Lesnar. Not, none, that I, none that I give a shit about, Okay. Gonna throw something out. Gonna throw something out at you guys. I want you to think. I want you to think about this for a second, okay? If Bray and Brock have a match at WrestleMania, where does that leave Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania, and who is Bobby Lashley's opponent at WrestleMania? Now, I'm not leaving Bobby Lashley off the WrestleMania card like I am leaving Ronda Rousey off the WrestleMania card. Much rather see Bobby Lashley on WrestleMania than Ronda Rousey. But where does Bobby Lashley fit in? He isn't really feuding with anybody on on Monday Night Raw enough to make me care going into WrestleMania. I figured, I figured that we were going to get Bobby Lashley and Bray, uh, Bobby Lashley and, and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Never mind Bray Wyatt. I thought we were going to get the match that we're getting tomorrow at WrestleMania. And if we were going to go into tomorrow's Elimination Chamber with Brock and Bobby Lashley, I thought that th- that there would be a fuck finish. There still very well could be a fuck finish. That we get a fuck finish and then we do it again at WrestleMania. Now, I don't care to see that. I mean, all of their matches, Brock and Bobby have had terrible matches. It's not something I am itching to see again for a fourth time at WrestleMania. But I'm going to throw this, I'm going to throw this at you. And I want to see where you guys are. This is just me speaking off the top of my head because this is exactly what I was thinking while I was setting up the show, okay? It's in the notes. What if we get Bray Wyatt tomorrow night causing chaos between Bray, Bobby, and Brock Lesnar? There's fucking chaos with Bray Wyatt in the middle of it. Bobby Lashley... Brock Lesnar goes to a no contest and for some weird and bizarre reason, after all that they've done to each other, 
They actually are seen on the same side, on the same page. Because, I mean, who the fuck's going to want to mess with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar if they're combining forces? If you're going to leave Bobby Lashley off the WrestleMania card, I think that's going to be a mistake. What if? What if the plan, instead of Bray versus Bobby Lashley or Bray versus Brock Lesnar, what if the plan is Bray teaming with Uncle Howdy against Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And we all know that Uncle Howdy's being played by Bo Dallas. So we got the we got the the Wyndham brothers. We, well, the, the, I mean, we got Bray and Bo, right? And they're teaming up against Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. It's fucking incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. I think that would be that would be great. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Let me know what you think about that. Because I don't know what we do. I don't know what we I don't know what we do with 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 both of those guys if they're not involved together. So let me know what you guys think about that. What what about LA Knight? I don't know. I'm not talking about LA Knight right now. So we got Bray and Bo Dallas. Bray and Bo Dallas teaming up. Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Now that is something that I could see happen at WrestleMania. That's a that's a marquee WrestleMania match. So we'll see what happens. I, 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 right, right now, this makes no sense to me because they have no history with each other. And, and, and Bray Wyatt versus Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley or the wind, the, the not the Wyndham Six, the uh, the Wyatt Six versus the Hurt Business. There is no Wyatt Six. Everybody's fantasy booking. Everybody's fantasy booking that. There is no Wyatt Six. We don't. We don't have anybody but Bray and Uncle Howdy. We don't know who else is going to join if they're going to join. And the Hurt Business isn't really a faction right now on Monday night. They're not together yet. They are in the process of getting together. But it makes sense to combine Bobby and Brock to team up. Because if you do Bray and Brock, then Bobby's not going to have a match. So we'll see what happens. There is no Wyatt Six. So that doesn't work. So let me know what you guys think about that. Moving on. We got Madcap Moss in the back. He's with his girlfriend. He's with Emma. He said no one thought that he would win last week's Fatal 4-Way. Emma said that she knew he would win because of his physique and no one moves like Moss. Moss said no one thinks he can win tonight against Gunther. Moss says he knows... He can, and he will shock everyone. Emma said, uh, or Emma and Moss then said that Moss is a superstar. I mean, he, he's not a superstar. I like Madcap, but shock the world? He's going to shock everyone? No. No, I'm sorry. Nobody goes in there and shocks Gunther. Not going to happen. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. They teamed up tonight against the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, with Valhalla against the Viking Raiders, man. I was looking forward to this because I knew it was going to be a banger of a match. I knew this was going to be a banger of a match. 
The Viking Raiders, I mean, I, I've been very, very iffy on the Viking Raiders. I feel like, I feel like they are not really relatable. I think the entire act is a little, a little silly. I, I think Valhalla coming out there, looking the way she does and mixing it up with Ivar and Eric. It's a little hokey. It's a little silly. It's not really relatable. It's too over the top. I like them with a much more simpler presentation. Ivar and Eric. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. This is going to be a tag team to be reckoned with if they stick together, man. Awesome stuff. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of people, I even tweeted out, are we really getting Bray versus Brock at WrestleMania? A lot of people were like, no, man, we're going to get Brock versus Gunther at WrestleMania. No, we're not. No, we're not. I can tell from a mile away who's listening to me and who's not listening to me. Brock Lesnar versus Gunther is not happening at WrestleMania. How many fucking times do I have to tell you? We are getting Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. And because Drew McIntyre's got nothing else to do, he's going to be involved in that. And we're going to make it a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. It's going to be McIntyre versus Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title. I don't know why people are still thinking that McIntyre is not going to be involved here. And I don't know why people are thinking Brock is going to defend against Gunther. Or Gunther is going to defend against Brock. I don't know. It's almost as if you don't listen to me. man. I, I basically give you cliff notes. I give you cheat codes on this podcast. And you still want to tweet me. Oh, well, I think it's going to be Gunther versus Brock. <laughs> no. No, that's an awful match for WrestleMania. Nobody wants to see that at WrestleMania. This was a great tag team match. Fucking great tag team match. Banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. It's not just a quote. Sheamus is the living embodiment of banger. Awesome. Love Sheamus. This was great. Sheamus wasted no time. He went right for a bro kick, right at the bell. Ivar avoided, missed the spin kick of his own. Sheamus tossed Ivar to the floor. Went after him. All four guys brawled around ringside. Viking Raiders took over. Ivar slowed the pace down. You know what they slowed the pace down with, man. WWE's notorious with this. Even in the Triple H era, man, with the chin lock. Oh, man. They slow everything down with a fucking chin lock. Viking Raiders cut off Sheamus. Sheamus then battled back, took it to Ivar with a big clothesline. McIntyre and Eric tagged in at the same time. Eric threw, or McIntyre rather, threw Eric across the ring. Caught the Raiders with a pair of neck breakers. He then hit a Michinoku driver on Eric for a two count. Ivar rocked Sheamus with a big boot. Sheamus cut Ivar off, climbed to the top rope. Sheamus then hit a huge white noise, barely, on Ivar. They went to another commercial break. Sheamus and McIntyre, we get back from commercial, and they're doing uh, the 20 beats on the Viking Raiders. Sheamus hit a flying knee drop on Ivar. He then went for the broke kick. Eric tried to catch him in a powerbomb. They botched this spot because Sheamus was going for the broke kick, and Eric tried to catch him mid-broke kick, tripped over himself, could not take the weight of Sheamus, dropped him on the ropes, picked him back up, Delivered a powerbomb. McIntyre regained control, went for the Claymore. 
But the Viking Raiders rolled to the floor. McIntyre then hit a huge dive onto both Eric and Ivar. Raiders then again took over late in the match when Valhalla caused a distraction. Ivar hit the slam off the middle rope. Sheamus broke up the pin attempt. Ivar hits a beautiful flying splash, which he normally does. Uh, McIntyre for a two count. That could have been, I actually thought that was it, to be honest with you. That big splash by Ivar. Two count by McIntyre kicks out. Raiders went for the Ragnarok on McIntyre. Sheamus did the bro kick on Ivar, allowing McIntyre to declare more on Eric for the win. And that was it, man. Excellent tag team match. Went about 18 minutes. Easily the best thing on the entire show tonight, minus the Sami Zayn promo at the end. Uh, and Sheamus and McIntyre on their way to WrestleMania. And I'm assuming it will be against Gunther. I'm confident it will be against Gunther. How we get McIntyre and Sheamus getting involved together there to wrestle Gunther in a triple threat match, that remains to be seen. But it's going to be set up as Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. McIntyre will be added. That's the right match. Sheamus winning the IC title at WrestleMania and ending Gunther's reign is the only way that it should be. Brock Lesnar and Gunther can wait for SummerSlam or somewhere else down the line. We don't need that to happen at WrestleMania. Save it for next year's WrestleMania as far as I'm concerned. That's the right match to do. Sheamus winning the IC title from Gunther is a WrestleMania moment. Caleb Braxton spoke with Rey Mysterio in the back. They showed footage of Santos Escobar handing his mask to Rey Mysterio. Escobar says he respects Mysterio, who gave Escobar a mask too. Fans popped for the stuff between Mysterio and Escobar in Montreal. Mysterio talked about the respect Escobar showed him. Carrying Cross and Scarlet interrupted. Cross mocked Mysterio for being a lousy father. So here we are. A lousy father is Rey Mysterio. He echoed the word respect. Cross says he wanted to be a father, but when he saw the lack of respect Dominic has for Mysterio, he reconsidered fatherhood. He said that Mysterio hides his face in shame because he is a pathetic excuse for a father. Wow, Cross, tell me how you really feel, brother. Oh, my goodness. Cross then said that just Scarlett's opinion, that's just Scarlett's opinion. Cross told Mysterio to do something more. Cross then said, TikTok, and walked away. We got another Rey Mysterio and Karrion Cross match next week. Uh, hopefully, they get more than six minutes. Hopefully, they get more than six minutes and Karrion Cross gets his victory back. Over Rey Mysterio next week on SmackDown. Looking forward to that. I really enjoyed the little time that they had in the ring together a couple of weeks back. Felt like it could have been more for sure, but we'll see what happens with both of them on SmackDown next week. They threw it to part two of the Sami Zayn story. The video that they showed us for part two showed Sami Zayn stopping Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. The video then shifted to Reigns giving the chair to Sami Zayn and Zayn's betrayal of Reigns and the bloodline. The video then showed the beatdown on Zayn afterwards and Jay walking out at the end of the Royal Rumble. After that, the video then showed Sami Zayn's attack on Reigns two weeks ago on SmackDown and focused on Zayn's challenge to Reigns and his acceptance. After the video, they showed a graphic for Zayn's appearance later in the show. And they also showed the sequence from last week with Jay Uso walking away, telling Jimmy that he doesn't know if he's in the bloodline. I don't know yet. Are you in or, in or out? I don't know yet. Then he walks away. Paul Heyman was eavesdropping. 
he asked Jimmy, was that your brother? And Jimmy said, uh, yeah. And then Paul Heyman asked, did he say anything? And Jimmy blatantly lied to Paul Heyman and said, no, he didn't say anything. He just walked away. And then they showed Sami Zayn in the production area, giving Jey Uso a fist bump. So, no Paul Heyman tonight, no bloodline, no Roman Reigns, no explanation, no follow-up on what Paul Heyman said last week for the Ustos to stay home and watch the show on TV, nothing. I'm guessing we'll get that sometime during the Elimination Chamber pre-show, maybe. So we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. So that pre-show is going to be a must-see, possibly, because they didn't do anything with Paul Heyman tonight on SmackDown after we were uh, teased that he would have some sort of involvement on their show tonight. Asuka, she went one-on-one with Liv Morgan. These two ladies are in the ladies' elimination chamber match tomorrow night. Uh, I'm expecting Asuka to win. Uh, There is nobody else that makes sense. The only other woman in this match that I could see winning, and I hope it's not the case, is Raquel Rodriguez. And we don't want her to win because she's not ready for that spot. She's not ready for a spot against Bianca Belair. I'm making WrestleMania the best WrestleMania that I could make it. And you can't do that without Asuka and Bianca Belair. So that's my match for the Royal Women's Championship. Um, Asuka was in control. She slowed the pace down on Liv Morgan. Carmella was on commentary. Carmella mocked Rodriguez until she came down to ringside. So uh, we got all the ladies out here coming out one by one for the chamber build and the chamber hype. Rodriguez and Carmella argued Nikki Cross showed up, and she was sitting on Wade Barrett's lap. Asuka sat on the top turnbuckle. Morgan ran up and hit a code breaker. Morgan caught Asuka with a running knee, and Asuka and Morgan then traded shots in the middle of the ring. Morgan caught Asuka with a middle rope dropkick, hit another code breaker. Asuka blocked Liv Morgan's oblivion attempt, caught Morgan in an armbar, and Liv Morgan tapped out. For the submission win, Oscar wins via submission. At the end of the match, Carmella entered the ring and super kicked Oscar in the face. Natalia then took out Carmella with a clothesline. Cross then entered and took out Natalia with a swinging neckbreaker. Rodriguez came in and hit Nikki Cross with the Tijana bomb. Rodriguez then helped lift Morgan to her feet, and Morgan delivered Oblivion as Rodriguez looked up at the chamber. Oscar entered and took out Rodriguez with a kick. Morgan and Oscar stared at each other. Morgan left the ring, and Asuka stood tall. So basically, this was all about building up hype for the chamber, letting all the women get their spots in, and leaving you with possibly the last two women in the match with Asuka and Raquel Rodriguez. That's what I think is going to happen. Liv Morgan was at the end there. Morgan left the ring. You know, Liv Morgan's got a chance to be there at the end as well. We may get a rematch there at the end of the chamber, but I'm thinking Oscar and Rodriguez are the final two in the chamber. I think they make Raquel look strong coming out of that thing. I think she gets a couple of eliminations, being that she's not going to win, and we're going to give the win to Oscar going into WrestleMania against Bianca Belair. Gunther. Gunther was in the back with Imperium. He was interviewed by Megan Morant. Gunther said he doesn't care about what Moss had to say, Moss had some encouraging words from his, he laughs, he looks over at Giovanni Vinci, and some encouraging words from his, his, his girlfriend. I, I don't know why I died laughing at, at, at Gunther looking back at Vinci. Like he was, he was like, what the fuck is this shit? Really? You know, yeah, yeah, Emma had some great words to say about Mad Cat Moss. I don't give a fuck. 
So Gunther says he's dominated for 250 days. And just like everyone else, Moss will fall to the ring general. Yes, Mad Cat Moss stands no chance. No chance at all. Michael Cole, he threw it to Ariel Helwani, who was in the crowd several times tonight, hyping up Montreal, hyping up the vibe that Montreal and the city of Montreal have going into the chamber tomorrow, how historic it's going to be. He said it's been 30 years since Montreal won the Stanley Cup. He said if Sami Zayn doesn't win, the crowd will lose it. Ariel Helwani. Tony Khan, my good old buddy TK over there, man. He had quite the mouthful for Ariel Helwani tonight on Twitter. Tony Khan calls Ariel Helwani a fraud after his SmackDown appearance on tonight's show. So Ariel Helwani debuted on SmackDown tonight, did not go unnoticed as Tony Khan said this on social media. And I quote, you're a fraud, Ariel Hawani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Schiavone. Now, if you guys need context for this mini verbal tirade here by Tony Khan, which, by the way, petty Tony Khan and feisty Tony Khan on social media is a beautiful thing to see, by the way. For some context, Tony Khan appeared on Ariel Hawani's MMA Hour last fall. This was after the uh, Triple H interview at Clash of the Castle. After the interview, Helwani said the following about Tony Khan. Says, and I quote, he didn't want to answer anything. You're going to come on and promote X, Y, and Z. Great. And I'll play that dance with you. I did at the beginning. But you got to give us something to not even tell me how you were feeling. I'm not asking for specifics. All right, fine, I am. But is Punk going to wrestle for you? Is he coming back? You don't want to get into it, fine. But tell me how you were feeling. Give me something. For further context, Helwani has known WWE's Nick Khan for years, and they are very good friends. Some of Helwani's critics believe that he's pro-WWE and anti-AEW because of his ties to WWE's CEO, Nick Khan. Do I blame Tony Khan for saying what he said on social media tonight? No. No, I do not. Now, Tony Khan could have handled the interview a little bit better with Ariel. He could have given Ariel, like he said, something there. But Tony Khan should have really screened Ariel Hawani. Listen, I know you're going to ask me, and I'm not answering any of these questions, so... You're going to have to come up with shit on the fly because I'm not asking, you know, I don't want to answer anything about CM Punk, the elite, brawl out, this and that, and blah, 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 blah. It was so soon after what had happened, and there was internal investigations about what was going on. Tony Khan could not talk about it because it was out of his hands, and it was in the hands of the investigation. So he asked him anyway. But Tony Khan, he, you know, he's not a good media guy. He's not a good PR guy. He's not a good interview guy. He's not going to give you anything. I don't know why. I don't know why. I would love for him to give us something. He should learn to give us a little bit of something instead of keeping everything fucking locked up in some safe somewhere, secretive, 
Like, like, like he's got plans to fucking, you know, blow up fucking New York City or something. I mean, give me a break. Gotta give us something. But do I blame Tony Khan for calling Ariel Helwani a fraud? No. No, I don't. Because we all know Ariel Helwani is a WWE shill. He's just like Sam Roberts and Peter Rosenberg and all these other fucking geeks. Now, I think Ariel Helwani does a great job. I think, he, I think he's a, a fantastic interviewer. I think he's he's great at his job. But is he a shill? Of course he is. Of course he's a shill. Just look at him. Look at what he's done. Tony Khan had every right to say what he said. It's it's, it's a freedom of speech. Tony Khan can say whatever he wants on his social media. You don't have to like it. Unfollow him. Unfollow him. There is an anti-AEW market out there. There is. People get off. People get, people get rock hard. No pun intended for Juice Robinson, by the way. People get fucking their shit off by being anti-AEW. There is a market out there for that shit. There is content out there dedicated to being anti-AEW. It's just the way it is. Brian Satin's another one. Absolute steaming pile of garbage I mean, he's got the Louis C.K. bag of dicks in his mouth 24-7 when it comes to WWE. He doesn't watch AEW. He doesn't know jack shit about AEW. He doesn't tweet about AEW. And when he does, it's so fucking fake. It is so fake. You can see right through that shit. He don't give a fuck. You can't trust people's opinions like that. You can't trust a a, a guy like fucking emo fuckface satin. You can't trust his opinion. Because you're going to get one side only. He is not true to his audience, and he's not true to himself. I don't know why anybody listens to him. The guy sucks. He's fucking awful. He's got a fucking face that I would hope gets run over by a fucking steamroller. He is disgusting to look at. Awful. I mean, he's got everybody under the sun on his show asking ridiculous fucking questions. Like the lamest fucking questions. He'll never get down and dirty about anything. He won't fucking get to the nitty gritty on anything. He's just happy to be, <laughs> just happy to be in fucking whoever's presence. He sucks. He's got no charisma. He's got no personality. They're all shills. They all are cut from the same fucking cloth. They're all shills. Disgusting. Gunther. Something that's not disgusting. His intercontinental title reign. Gunther, Mad Cat Moss, IC title. This was very, very academic. Moss looked okay, but very, very predictable here with the IC champion dominating. Ten minutes. Moss tackled Gunther at the bell. He actually got a round of booze here. Let's go, Gunther. We got let's go, Gunther chance in Montreal. Moss tackled Gunther. Gunther recovered, grabbed the side headlock. Gunther caught Moss with a shoulder tackle off of a stiff chop. Gunther went back for the headlock, slowed the pen. There's the fucking headlock and shit locking. Same shit. Gunther and Moss shredded hard shots in the middle of the ring. Gunther got the better of Moss. Big cheers for Gunther here. Moss recovered, rocked Gunther with a clothesline for a two count. Moss hit a vertical suplex and hit the punchline, his finishing move for a near fall. Gunther regained control with a vicious chop. Moss cut Gunther off as he climbed the top rope. 
Moss then hit a nice-looking fallaway slam off the middle turnbuckle. Goes for a cover, gets a two-count. Finish came when Gunther locked on a sleeper, hit the power bomb, and, and that was it. That was it. The crowd was chanting, ole, 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 during this match. They were getting ready for Sami Zayn. They wanted fucking Madcap out of there. Gunther wins. No doubt about it. Retains the IC title here on SmackDown. And like I said, man, you know, Sami Zayn was clearly the uh, closing segment of the night. There really wasn't much of anything. I talked about it in the beginning. If you guys want to go check that out. Uh, we talked about Sami Zayn. The ovation and the reaction for Sami Zayn was incredible. Uh, a memorable moment. One of the best TV moments that you'll see all year is this. He got a hometown hero's welcome. Massive reaction. Uh, they they sang his theme. They did Olay. They chanted his name. And then they started all over again. It's like they didn't want to stop. It was like a record player on repeat. They went legitimately bonkers. He did not say anything for at least five minutes. I mean, we were looking at fucking 9.55 before he even said anything. Ridiculous. Zane noted how everyone points at the WrestleMania sign this time of the year. He said tomorrow night for him and Montreal, it's once in a lifetime. Zane spoke in French. Fans erupted in cheers. My TV, I don't know if you guys were watching in your market my TV on Fox kept going out. I got this black screen for a couple of seconds. And then there was a moment here when he was about to speak, right at the, the start of him about to speak, you know, here to the crowd. I mean, there was no sound. I don't know what they had blanked out. I don't know if Montreal was chanting something. Someone told me on Twitter they were chanting, fuck you, Roman, fuck you, Roman. I don't know if that's the case or not, but if that's the case, you know, it's Fox. I, I would expect that, but I had no sound. For Sami Zayn about to speak during this promo. And my TV kind of went black for a little bit. And that was throughout the night. I don't know. I don't know what they were chanting. Uh, Sami Zayn added that tomorrow night is Reigns versus Sami Zayn and the entire city of Montreal. The fans erupted in cheers. Sami posed in the ring. Fans uh, sang his music. And that's the way SmackDown went off the air. Next week, we got Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley meeting face-to-face. Oh, great. Oh, great. I'm sure Ryan Satin's got a hard-on for that one. Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse returns. And then Karrion Cross goes one-on-one with Rey Mysterio next week on SmackDown. SmackDown was very good tonight. SmackDown was very good tonight, and uh, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to the Elimination Chamber tomorrow night. Going to be a great show. Uh, I love how Triple H is setting these shows up as well, to be honest with you. Seriously, they look like takeovers. They feel like takeovers. They look like takeovers. Six matches, nothing too crazy. We got two chamber matches. I think Asuka wins the ladies. I think Austin Theory walks out, still the United States champion, though I'd probably give it to either Johnny Gargano or, or Bronson Reed. But... But I could see I could see Montez Ford. I could see Montez Ford winning the United States Championship, and I could see the breakup of the Street Profits happening, and we get Montez Ford versus Angelo Dawkins at WrestleMania for the United States title. Just throwing that out there. That is a random thought. That is a wild card thought, but I'm I'm ultimately going with Austin Theory. My second choice would probably be Bronson Reed. Because he's undefeated and he's looked like a monster. Don't know why we'd end up beating him because the only way for him to be eliminated tomorrow night is 
he has to take a pinfall. Roman Reigns is beating Sami Zayn. I say stick to the plan. I think we do. Jay Uso uh, aligning himself back with the bloodline. And Sammy and Montreal are heartbroken. Sammy gets beaten down just like he did at the Royal Rumble. And then out comes Kevin Owens to save Sami Zayn. And the fans get home uh, or get sent home happy with both Canadian brothers there in Montreal. And what else is on the show? Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. I am going with a no contest. I'm going with a no contest. I think Bray Wyatt interferes in that match in some way, shape, or form. So we'll see what happens there. And I'm going with Judgment Day over Edge and Beth Phoenix. I'm going with Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor over Edge and Beth Phoenix. I think this match, we get this match tomorrow night, and then we get Finn Balor and Edge at WrestleMania inside Hell in a Cell. And the reason why I think Judgment Day is going to win tomorrow is because Damian Priest is going to be in the Elimination Chamber for the United States Championship, and I don't think he's winning the United States title. So I think uh, Judgment Day gets the victory, and then Edge ends it all at WrestleMania against Finn Balor. Now, I want to talk about one thing that happened on Rampage. The Elite. Not going to talk about Kenny Omega's contract status. We'll save that for Sunday. The Elite defended their trios championships against AR Fox and Top Flight. Fine match for what it was. Didn't really care because I knew the outcome. I seen it already on Dynamite. No reason to see it again. At the end of the match, we had Brody King and Malachi Black come out in their masks. The lights went out and the House of Black showed up on the stage. Then the lights went out and they disappeared. Now, clearly, we are getting House of Black versus the Elite at some point. If I was to make a guess, Tony Khan's probably going to put it on the Revolution pay-per-view. Seen a lot of people on social media. You know, I I tweeted out, House of Black versus the Elite is going to be a great match. I mean, it's going to be a match of the night. It's going to be a show stealer. It's going to be a a top tag team match, a top match period at the end of everybody's 2023 best of. I mean, we know this. We know this. But a lot of people don't understand where I'm coming from. You don't understand where I'm coming from. You don't listen to me. And you don't understand the way that I operate. There is a trend right now in WWE where long-term booking is king. We are being spoiled out the ass with Sami Zayn Roman Reigns, and the bloodline. Spoiled. This has been a fucking thing for about nine, ten months now. By the time we get to WrestleMania, it's going to be a full calendar year of long-term booking. That's what people want to see. Now, I'm not saying that AEW doesn't have stories. They have stories. They have stories. But none of these stories are long-term booking stories. One month, two months, at most, three months. MJF and Brian Danielson is going to be a great fucking match. Going to be a match of the year candidate. They're going to fucking kill it. I can't wait to see them both work their asses off because I love both of those guys and they are two fantastic professional wrestlers. Then we got Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Fine. Not really over the moon about the story. I think AEW's kind of dropped the ball on Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. 
Some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't make sense. Not really as hot as I was for it at the beginning of the year or as I was in the beginning of the year for both of them as I am now going into revolution. But the story is there. Actually, Andretti's a part of that. They tried to get him over. There's a story there. Then we got the ladies. I I don't know what's going on with the ladies. The ladies have seemingly fallen off a cliff. It started off pretty promising. And now Soraya is nothing more than a fucking comedy character with her, you know, spray spray painting L's on everybody. And, you know, who's the third woman? Where does Ruby Soho align? I mean, it's fucking lame. It's fucking lame. Wardlow and Samoa Joe. I mean, it took AEW how many fucking weeks to tell us a goddamn story about why Wardlow's hair was so significant to him when Samoa Joe cut it off. Who is Jade Cargill going to wrestle going into Revolution? The Tag Team Championships. I mean, instead of it being about the Gun Club and the Acclaimed, we're getting two other fucking teams involved. We're having a battle royal on Dynamite and a battle royal on Rampage to determine two other teams to make it a fatal four-way. Why? The only story that's had any time to develop on AEW has been Brian and MJF, has been Jericho and Starks. If you want to include Keith Lee and Swerve, include Keith Lee and Swerve. Keith Lee showed up on the show tonight. I'm assuming that we're going to get Keith Lee and Swerve at the pay-per-view, but Keith Lee's been off television for how long? You expect me to start caring again because he's back on television. He's been off TV for about six weeks. In that time, Swerve has been doing nothing. Feuding with QT Marshall, feuding with fucking Dustin Rhodes. Who gives a shit? I don't want to sit here and tell you that AEW isn't producing some ba- some banger television. They've been producing some of their best shows ever. They've been fucking great shows. I'm not here to tell you that Revolution isn't going to be a great show. Revolution is going to be a banger show. Absolutely killer show. The point I'm trying to make is we are living in a time right now where pro wrestling fans... And the landscape of pro wrestling is changing. Last year, the year before that, I mean, you put on banger. That's all people wanted to see is banger matches. Matches thrown on television with no rhyme or reason, no story. Just give me two fucking guys that could go out there and wrestle for 20 minutes. And boom, you got a great show. You give us three or four of those matches. Boom, you got a great show. It's not about that anymore. It's not. AEW really, really needs to sit down and come up with some captivating storytelling. Because right now, there is nothing. And again, I don't want to take anything away from MJF and Brian Danielson, but it is very difficult for me to sit here and tell you, man, that's great, when I know their storyline was nothing more than a rehash of MJF's past four feuds. He did the same thing with with Jericho. He did the same thing with Cody. He did the same thing with Wardlow. I, I mean, holy fucking shit. I mean, the, the gauntlet of matches that AEW puts in front of MJF's opponents, it, it's the same storyline every single fucking match. Every single big match he's got. The only one he didn't do it with was Punk. The last captivating story that was on television 
was CM Punk and MJF. The last one before that was Adam Page and Kenny Omega. What happened? You know, AEW used to be about long-term booking. I can't really come up with anything right now that really fits into the fucking mentality of long-term booking on AEW television. That's my problem. And that's why I have a problem with the elite and the House of Black. Everybody's like, oh, this is a long time coming. Finally, let's do it. Why do it? What are you doing it for? Why do you want to see it on Revolution when Revolution's already stacked from top to bottom and one of those matches is guaranteed to go 60 minutes? Tony Khan should be setting Revolution up for at least, at least, at least three and a half hours, four hours tops. I do not want to sit there and watch a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view just because you want to get your fucking dick hard and get half of the fucking roster on the show because you want to get them a fucking payday and a spotlight on a major pay-per-view. You don't need to load up the show with fucking matches that don't make sense. You don't need to load the show up with matches and talent that don't need to be there. You don't. This goes for Matt, Nick, Kenny, Malachi, Buddy, and Brody. You don't need to do the Elite versus the House of Black at Revolution because there is no story. There is no story. You're not going to get one over on me and tell me that there is a story. There isn't. And the story is not there because you think, oh, it's about time they're back and they do this match. Let's get it on the show. No. Oh, House of Black attacked Brandon Cutler. No. They could attack Brandon Cutler fucking seven days out of seven days. And they still wouldn't give you a fucking reason as to why. Why did they attack Brandon Cutler? Do they hate his fucking face mask? Do they hate the way he uses his ice spray? What's the reason? There is no reason. Why are you going to do this match at the pay-per-view when there is no story? Because House of Black has been deprived of television and their opponents, who should have been the elite months ago, is now finally happening. That's why you want the match. I would rather wait for storytelling. I would rather wait for a reason that the House of Black is back. You know, AEW got rid of their rankings. Right now, it's a fucking free-for-all. Things used to matter on television. Now that they got rid of the rankings and they neglect the rankings, they neglected them then, too. Now that they neglect the rankings, these matches don't mean shit on television. At least things back in the day had a reason. I mean, they just put together Wheeler Yuta, Wheeler Yuta versus Orange Cassidy for no reason. Why? Why? Wheeler Yuta versus Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic title. Meanwhile, it's two weeks before the fucking pay-per-view. Orange Cassidy has no fucking opponent, and you're giving me a random match that means jack shit to the viewer at home. I'm sorry. Long-term booking does not exist in AEW anymore. It doesn't. The wave... 
that you're feeling in professional wrestling is storyline driven. People want stories. Why is SmackDown's ratings up? Why are Cody's segments up? Why are Sami Zayn's segments up? Why is Roman Reigns' segments up? Why is SmackDown getting better ratings now than they did two, three, four years ago? Long-term booking, storyline-driven narratives, and television. AEW is missing the boat. There is only so much that you could do to keep people coming back with banger matches after banger matches after banger matches. I love a banger match, but I'll tell you what. No matter how many times I could sit here and tell you AEW Dynamite has been a banger television most of this year. This past Wednesday was a random fucking episode, man. The weakest show of the year by far. I could sit here and tell you that every episode has been a fucking banger. And there have been bangers with banger matches. But I'm always going to look you guys in the face and tell you I prefer a story. I want emotion pouring out on my television and me fucking invested. I'm always 11 times out of 10. Always going to take a long-term storyline or long-term booking over banger matches. And that's what Tony Khan doesn't understand. Somehow this got lost and they can't seem to find it. Pick up that fucking metal detector, bro, and go find that fucking long-term booking somewhere on the beach. It's got to be somewhere. I don't know what the fuck happened. The Elite versus the House of Black is a terrible idea at the pay-per-view. Why? They just won the titles in a best-of-seven series. You're going to put a House of Black stable in a match against the Elite when they just won the titles after we saw seven fucking matches against the same team only for them to what? Drop the titles? To drop the titles to the House of Black because the House of Black, for the fucking love of God, should have been there two years ago. You're going to book that match with the risk of the House of Black losing. Losing a match that's been built up for two weeks just because you want to get it on pay-per-view. There is no good outcome here. None. What's the match going to end in? A fucking disqualification? You know how triple threat or trios matches go in AEW. The referees are fucking half-witted idiots. They let shit go all the time. I don't know who the fuck the legal man is by fucking 10 minutes in. It does not make sense. It doesn't. Then you get the fucking people. Oh, you got to charge. You got to put on the best show possible. You got to load the show up because people are paying 50 fucking dollars for it. That is the lamest fucking excuse that I've ever heard anybody use. I would have paid fucking $70 for those takeover shows. You know how many matches they had? Five. Five. How many matches does the Elimination Chamber have? How many matches does the Elimination Chamber have? Five fucking matches. Five. Roman Sammy, two chamber matches, Brock and Lashley, and the mixed tag team match with the Judgment Day, Edge and Beth Phoenix. Five fucking matches. And I'd pay $50, $60, $70 to watch long-term booking play out on the road to WrestleMania tomorrow night. Why do we need eight matches, nine matches, ten matches, five hours? Why? 
Why do we need matches taking place on pay-per-view that don't need to be there? Where stories aren't prevalent. They're not there. With a risk, a huge risk, of putting a group that everybody wants to see on TV in a losing situation. Oh, but, but maybe we'll do the match and the story will build out of the match. No. Now, I don't know that you, that's another lame excuse. I would rather have the match take place when there is enough story built up. The last time that AEW had any long-term booking was when CM Punk was on television. I don't give a fuck what you think about CM Punk. I don't give a shit what you feel about CM Punk. You could hate CM Punk. You could love CM Punk. You could fucking pray the man fucking drops dead tomorrow. I I don't care. I don't care. If there is anything that this company needs, it is fucking CM Punk. Because CM Punk, with him coming back, he brings long-term booking with him. If they are not booking that elite and Punk feud on television with FTR when he makes his way back to television, because he certainly is. If Tony Khan is a smart man, he is ready to bring Punk back with a major plan. Then you got rumors of Kenny Omega being courted by Triple H. Now, Triple H is absolutely going to go out of his way over the moon to sign Kenny Omega. If Triple H signs Kenny Omega to WWE, AEW has one foot in the fucking grave. You thought Cody leaving was bad. If Kenny Omega leaves, what the fuck does that do to that locker room? You think Moxley's going to be there forever? You think Jericho is going to fucking be at this age forever? You think Danielson's going to wrestle for another 10 years? If Kenny Omega leaves... AEW's soul is gone. He is AEW. Nick and Matt Jackson are AEW. You're running the risk of killing the whole fucking promotion. There is no long-term booking on AEW television. And Tony Khan thinks he could get away with it because he goes on cagematches.net and he looks at the fucking versions online giving them five stars. Cagematch.net said this about Dynamite. Oh, it was a great show. Those people haven't seen a pair of tits in fucking 20 years and you're gauging, booking your show about what they say and their opinion. Too many people. Too many people online have pro wrestling revolving around their lives, and that's all they make of it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Go take a walk. Go get get a fucking Dunkin'. Go get a Starbucks. Go get some fresh air. Go touch some grass. Go play Harry Potter on PlayStation 5. Please. The weather's been beautiful. Go for a fucking walk. Go for a bike ride. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Tell me when I'm telling lies, please. And Tony Khan wants to buy WWE. Yeah, we're inter- we're really interested in the sale process. We're, for what? You can't even book your own fucking promotion the right way. You're going to go buy WWE? He's got Ring of Honor. He's got AEW. He's got fucking WWE sale on the mind. I mean, holy fucking shit. This is the guy that's trying to book a match between six men one week out of a pay-per-view, and this guy wants to go buy WWE. Does he sleep? 
Is he a ro- is he a Terminator? Is he an android? Is he related to Charlotte? I'm not complaining because I hate the product. I'm complaining because I'm worried. I'm complaining because things are wrong. Don't. Don't book it. Nobody's going to listen to me. Next week, Dynamite will find out that we got House of Black versus the Elite at the pay-per-view. And I'll tell you exactly what I said here then. Telling you, man. Telling you. Tell me when I am wrong. I would never lie to you guys, ever. I got no script here. I got nothing. I wish I could fucking show you. I got nothing here. This is all off my head, all from my fucking soul. I don't know. I don't know. Keith Lee returned. Looks like he's letting the gray go. Old man Keith Lee out there. Him and Swerve more than likely taking place at the pay-per-view. Don't know why it wouldn't be on the pay-per-view. And then Jade Cargill. I mean, she beat, uh, who did she wrestle tonight? Vert Vixen? I mean, holy shit. Has anything overstayed its welcome more than Jade Cargill's undefeated streak? My God, what an absolutely horrendous fucking angle. I mean, everybody seems to think that when she loses, there's going to be some monumental victory for whoever beats her. I mean, it's going to be like, holy fucking shit, thank God it's over. It's like Jesse's right for the last fucking six weeks, seven weeks, he's been saying it. Fucking two years he's been saying it. They made that title for her. There are no plans at all to put that title on it. You might as well fucking retire it after she loses it. Who cares? That title is now absolutely fucking worthless. Worthless. She's done nothing for the title. She's not made it important. If anybody thinks she's made it important by being 54 and 0, <laughs> 53 and 1, give me a break. Give me a break. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Who's going to beat her? Statlander? Soho? Sasha? Who? One thing I will say about Rampage, it's a lot more digestible at 7 o'clock. They should really make that the new start time. Anyway, I'm going to take a step out. I'm going to leave you with uh, my doppelganger, and we're going to talk about my sponsor for tonight's show, man. We are sponsored by The Ridge tonight, right here on Off The Script. Make sure you guys go get yourself a wallet, Ridge dot com slash script or you guys can use the promo code script at checkout at ridge.com go get yourself a wallet they got some other great shit over there as well and i want to thank them for once again sponsoring today's smackdown post show right here on off the script and after we get back from this we'll head into the super chats and then get the fuck out of here and get ready for the elimination chamber tomorrow night Ladies and gentlemen I am super excited about today's sponsor on the podcast legitimately my favorite wallet of all time. I have not owned another wallet since I first found out about The Ridge. Today's sponsor right here on Off The Script. I mean, look at this nonsense. Why would you want to carry around that? Why would you want that on your person? This fumbling, ugly, disgusting mess 
of a wallet when you got something like the Ridge out there that's gonna streamline everything you need in this beautiful little package. Not only is it as durable, I mean, look at this thing. This thing is almost three years old. I take it with me everywhere I go. It's been through hell with me and it still looks great. The Ridge is as durable as they come. Over 30 colors to choose from, room for 12 cards in here, plus some if you wanna get a little froggy. Money clip for loose cash. And it's got RFID blocking technology, so you guys are going to be safe. You're not going to be compromised at all from digital pickpockers. I mean, that's the most important thing about the Ridge, period. And if I haven't convinced you guys to go get a Ridge, the Ridge is going to give you guys a full money-back guarantee for 45 days. If you don't like the Ridge wallet, which I don't know why you wouldn't, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. That's how confident that they are in their product. Make sure you guys go and use the promo code SCRIPTS at Ridge.com. You're going to save 10% off. Once again, that is SCRIPTS at Ridge.com. And I want to thank my great friends over at the Ridge, not only for giving me the best damn wallet anywhere, but for today's podcast, sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Script. As always, want to thank my great friends over at the Ridge. Go get yourself a Ridge wallet today, man. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Scripts. Let's get into the Super Chats. You guys want to get them on in? I would appreciate it. It's last call right now. Get them on in. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo, and hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for all notifications d-man g with a 9.99 jd what's up brother thank you for what you do for us i've been thinking for so long but what kind of promo do you think roman or paul Heyman will cut if he loses his titles to cody at wrestlemania 39 i have no idea brother but i will say this when roman loses those titles we're going to see even less of roman reigns Drizzy Drew with a 4.99. If the elite lose the titles of Revolution to House of Black, does this mean they are leaving? I feel this hasn't been talked about much, but is very pivotal. I, I don't know, bro. I have no idea. It's too early. Too early to be thinking about. But you know at the end of it all, man, you know you know WWE is salivating to possibly hire three more AEW EVPs and then kill the entire company. That's what they want to do. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Will, going for the tag belts, will be a letdown for Sammy. No. Now, going for the tag belts will be, uh, it's going to be, in my honest opinion, it's going to be a bigger moment than Cody winning the world title. In my honest opinion, it should main event night one.
And Sato Fortune with an eight months. Thank you for being a VIP for eight months. It's Sato. I knew it. Sammy plus old theme song. Montreal Berserk. Keep on rocking, JD. Thank you, brother. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, Shiro. Shiro. Tony Brown, the one, 99, JD, booty meat ring, general. Who do we have? Uh, we had more on uh, SmackDown than we did AEW, bro. Live is all I need. Summer history with a $5 super chat. I predict this. Jay Uso helps Sammy win. Sammy versus Cody at WrestleMania. For the title, Cody wins. Usos versus Roman and Solo at WrestleMania 39. Four titles, head of the table. No. Stop booking and changing plans. That is a terrible prediction, Summer History. Mohammed with a $2 super chat. Bray has a history with Brock. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. DGK Dog with a 199 Super Jazz. Sammy and KO versus Usos to main event night one of WrestleMania. Yes, I hope so. I absolutely hope so. Glorious one with a 999. Kota Ibushi would be a great signing. I was sad when he didn't sign after the Cruiserweight Classic. But Kenny being rumored, I just can't see it, to be honest, but who knows? I had some people on social media today try and convince me that Kota Ibushi was a bigger free agent signing for WWE than Jay White. I don't know where you guys are coming from. How on fucking planet Earth could you think that Kota Ibushi is a bigger signing for WWE than Jay White? I mean, are you for real? Kota Ibushi speaks zero English. Meanwhile, Jay White speaks perfect English, and he speaks Japanese. Man, you guys are something else, man. I tell you, get off social media, man, please. Just get the fuck off Twitter. Jay White is a much bigger priority than Kota Ibushi for Triple H. Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Chat. I would love to change myself into a fly tomorrow night and get the best seat in the house for that main event perched on top of the turnbuckle. Absolutely. Yes, Ibushi may be superior as far as an in-ring aspect. That doesn't mean he's a bigger priority for WWE. I'm not talking about in-ring work. And you're talking as if Jay White is bad in the ring. Jay White's great.
Rick Morty with a 999. What's up, brother? If Jay White signs with WWE, I hope he is not on NXT. He deserves, bro, that would be an absolute, that would be a disgrace. Jay White on that version of NXT, bro, what was he going to do? Wrestle Joe Gacy? Fuck out of here, man. Jay White is main roster ready. Antoine Fair with a $5 super chat. Bray eliminated Brock from the Royal Rumble with the Wyatt family. Just saying, LOL, little history. I don't want that match. Did they follow it up? I mean, you guys are really, you guys are really reaching. When was that? 2015? When was that? 2017? Why would Brock Lesnar care about being eliminated from a Royal Rumble six years ago, eight years ago? I mean, you guys are crazy, man. You guys are fucking crazy, I'll tell you. The Wolfness Way, 2016. The Wolfness Way with a 20 months in the venue. This guy, man. That reaction for Sammy represents why we love pro wrestling. Absolute raw. Invested emotion. Can't wait for tomorrow. OTS for life. Incredible. Twisted. 1077 with 12 months. Just came back from the Bell Center. That shit was crazy. Loudest pop I heard in my life. Going back tomorrow. Fort Chamber. Hashtag. Ronda can't wrestle. Hashtag OTS rules. Twisted and Wolfness Way. What the fuck are you gentlemen drinking, man? Zach Smith with a 699 Super Chat. Us Canadians may be polite, but if you can't wrestle, we are going to tell you that you can't effing wrestle. Much love to the podcast from Canada, brother. Thank you, Zach Smith. Shout out to my Canadian fans, man. I love you guys. I'll make my way up there sooner or later. Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Chat. Feels like they've been teasing old school crisscross lately. Last seen on Hogan Warriors match. Sentless by extremely entertaining. Do you remember? No. Now, please don't. I don't know if you're trying to compare Cody and Sammy to Hogan Warrior. No. Antoine Fair with a $5 Super Chat cause it was F.U. Roman that bleeped out. Also, Ariel spot on. Or Ariel spot someone flipped the bird. That's why it went blank. Oh, God. Tribal Chief with a 699. Can't wait for the kickouts for the Blue Thunder Bomb and the Huluva Kick. Do you also think Zane will bring back the Koji Clutch? Yes, I think he's going all out tomorrow night. Ahmed Yusuf with a 499. Has Brock Lesnar ever had a tag team match ever since he came back in 2012? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. The cake with the $2 super chat. A match is as good as its hook. AEW needs a hook. Yes. Absolutely. They got no long-term vision right now. Nathan Lavon with a 499. Sammy will win tomorrow and on a technicality will lose it on Raw because there is no contract signed. Sammy's not Sammy's not winning the title tomorrow. Roman is not losing before what 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 don't you guys understand? What don't you guys understand? Why would Roman go two years and then lose at the Elimination Chamber? If Roman is losing, he's losing to Cody, and he's losing at WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the final stage of the Tribal Chief. Why would you have Roman lose the championships before you put them on somebody else that WWE has originally planned to win the title? You're going to have him win in Montreal only to have Roman get them back the next night? No. Now, that sounds like a Bruce Prichard fucking uh, random idea at 4 o'clock in the morning after he called Vince McMahon. Pony Soze with a 499. Bro, you never miss best podcast out there. WWE may lack on many things, but not on their current ring announcer. Samantha Irvin kills it. She's incredible. She is excellent. Thank you, Pony. MGM Ballin, 999. As much as I love AEW, you're the only one telling truth bombs uh, out here tonight. WWE got them beat in the storytelling department, and shills on both sides are being extra toxic. Yeah, they're being extra toxic because Kenny Omega is in the news, and uh, there is rumor that uh, Triple H is heavily interested in the cleaner because he wants to clean up AEW. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. Super excited for the Chamber tomorrow. Going to be emotional for sure. Tears may fall. The crowd will be insane. After tonight, I feel like we might see a triple threat match of Asuka, Liv, Bianca at WrestleMania. No. Now, Asuka and Bianca one-on-one. That's the way to go. I'm tired of these multi-man matches. WrestleMania is always soiled with multi-woman or multi-person matches. No. One-on-one. That's all we need. N with a 499. Is it me or is this Rhea Charlotte storyline going to suck and it doesn't feel like a main event WrestleMania match? KO Sammy Usos should main event. Absolutely. KO and Sammy against the Usos should absolutely be main event of night one for WrestleMania. Legitimately, that'll be my tweet on Monday morning. Gringo with a new membership. Thank you, Gringo. What the fuck are you drinking, brother? Scorpio with a $2 super chat. Can I get a... Shiro! DC with a $5 super chat. When Sammy briefly spoke in French, he said, tomorrow, you're in my fucking house, live on TV. Ha ha, love this storyline. I guess you could get away with that if you're speaking a different language that nobody understands. 
Shayla with 22 months. Roman is going to make Sammy look like a rock star. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shayla, what are you drinking tonight in the venue? And Eric Ambassador. 199. JD, keep killing it. Also, do we see KO tomorrow? Yes, we do. KO comes out after Sammy gets beaten down by the bloodline like he did at Royal Rumble. And KO makes the save, setting up the, the Usos versus KO and Sammy at WrestleMania. Rick Morty with a 999. Adam Cole in a long, thought-out storyline against Miro would be dope. God, I hope they don't ruin Bay Bay. I- I'm not holding my breath, bro. Not holding my breath at all. Anyway, guys, that is all I got for you. Elimination Chamber is tomorrow night. You know where we'll be. We'll be right here in the venue. As always, after the show is over, we'll be live on Off the Script. Make sure you guys join me here tonight. I guess tonight. Yeah, it's 12 o'clock. Join me tonight. Elimination Chamber. I just noticed that I have SmackDown spelled wrong in the fucking title of the video, man. Holy shit. Ridiculous. Elimination Chamber podcast tomorrow. Join me. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And if you guys have not hit that thumbs up, man, I would really appreciate it. We are uh, 70 likes away from 1,000. 70 likes. Can we get 70 likes? Go check out the Ridge, man. Ridge.com slash scripts. Use that code script at checkout at Ridge.com. One or the other. Go get yourself a brand new wallet, key holder, knife. They got it all, man. Quality is exceptional. Best shit out there. I got four of them. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. There's a ton of YouTube shorts on there, man. Go check out those shorts. They're really good stuff. Uploaded uploaded one today about Conan and Takeshita. A couple of Cody ones on there. A couple of Sammy ones. A Roman one. Great shit. And go check out the Dynamite Post Show, Raw Post Show. Off the Script was live on Thursday. And once again, you guys will see me back live tomorrow night, man, for the Chamber. Can't wait. Should be exciting. Can't wait to share it all with you guys. Make sure you guys leave those ace emojis in the chat, those Mustang emojis, those rock on emojis, and I want to hear that music on Max. Thank you guys for a great night. Hopefully you enjoyed it. See you for the Chamber tomorrow. It's going to be epic. And I'll see you back live tomorrow for off the script.